Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Reproduction and birth are pretty much always weird. Uh, Miraculous, sure, but none of us animals, human or otherwise, get carried in on storks. Uh, But if you've ever tried to explain the process to a small child, just be glad that we're not sharks. A shark can be born three different ways, including live birth, hatching from an egg, and an egg-slash-live birth combination. Plus, in some shark species, you have to survive gestation without being eaten by your developing siblings. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, let's look at how sharks get pregnant. As opposed to other fish, sharks use internal fertilization in a process that can appear violent to humans. The male shark often bites the female's fins or back to keep her in place, then aligns their reproductive organs and inserts his clasper into her cloaca. Uh, The clasper, which in some species is spiny and barbed so that it stays in place, transfers sperm into the female, some of which may fertilize eggs in her oviduct. At that point, the male shark exits the story, never to be seen again. Uh, The female may mate with a few different males in order to produce a single litter. Gestation periods for sharks vary, from about five to six months to two years. Uh, The spiny dogfish shark has the longest gestation period known, not just of sharks, but of all vertebrates, at 24 months. Here's a rundown on those three different ways that sharks swim into the world. First up, we've got viviparity, or live births. 
Viviparous sharks carry their embryos throughout the entire gestation period and give birth to live shark pups, similar to how mammals give birth. The embryos are attached inside the womb with a yolk sac placenta, which is how they receive their nutrition. In some species, females also secrete uterine milk, which provides more nutrients to the yolk sac. Viviparity is practiced by bigger species, such as blue and hammerhead sharks. Then there's oviparity, or egg-laying. Oviparous sharks lay eggs, which are protected by a tough egg case. These egg cases are tubes, sometimes called mermaid's purses, because they often look like flat pouches, complete with stringy ends on their corners. They also look a little bit like ravioli uh, or a face mask. The female shark deposits the egg cases in the sea, in spots that are hopefully safe from predators. Uh, For example, horned sharks leave the cases in rock crevices, where they harden into twisted spirals that are difficult to remove, although snails and seals have been known to break the shell. Uh, Port Jackson sharks do the same thing, carrying the egg cases in their mouth until they find a safe spot. From there, the shark pup is on its own. The embryo is nourished by the yolk in the egg sac and chews itself out when it's fully developed. Oviparous sharks develop more embryos per litter than other sharks, but many won't survive due to predation. Finally, there's what's called ovoviviparity, which is a combination of the previous two. Ovoviviparous sharks produce eggs, but instead of laying them to hatch outside the body, they carry the eggs inside themselves. When an egg hatches, the shark pup continues developing inside the female shark until it's born. For the first part of the gestation period, the embryos receive nourishment from their yolk sac, and once hatched, the lining of the uterus likely provides uterine milk or some other kind of nutritious fluid, but there's never a placenta directly connecting the embryo to its mother. In some ovoviviparous species, embryos get additional nutrition from eating their siblings in the womb. Yep, the eggs in ovoviviparous sharks hatch at different times, and the shark pups sometimes practice what's known as intrauterine cannibalism, or eating the other eggs, fertilized or unfertilized, in the womb. Only about 14 species are known to do this, uh, but the best-known intrauterine cannibal is the sand tiger shark. Although the sand tiger shark has two uteri and produces many eggs, each litter yields just two pups, one from each uterus. That's because as the sharks develop their embryonic teeth, they start to eat the other embryos and any unfertilized eggs. It's survival of the fittest until only one pup remains. Because of their pre-birth diet, the sand tiger pups enter the world bigger than other pups. They measure approximately three feet or a meter long. The number of shark pups in a litter varies among species, even among the three main categories. The viviparous blue shark has been known to give birth to 134 pups in one litter. The whale shark has given birth to 300, uh, but such high numbers are rare. However, whether hatched from an egg or born live, shark pups emerge as miniature versions of the sharks they may become, which is a good thing because they receive no further assistance from their parents after they're born or hatched. A shark pup's success in life is largely determined by its size at birth and whether the female shark has used a nursery area, that is, a shallow part of the sea with fewer predators than the open sea. Some shark species grow very slowly, putting them in danger of being eaten by bigger sharks for longer. 
if few pups survive to reach maturity and to reproduce themselves, uh, whether due to natural predators, a lack of food, or other pressures like human interference, their species could become endangered. That's why scientists are researching how sharks reproduce and give birth, and are even experimenting with artificial wombs for species of concern. The idea is that when fishers accidentally catch and kill pregnant sharks, the living embryos could be rescued and brought to term in these human-made environments, and then hopefully released into the wild. Or, in the case of those sand tiger sharks, a few embryos could be rescued from the pup-eat-pup womb to develop in solitary safety. Today's episode is based on the article, How Are Shark Pups Born? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Molly Edmonds. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.